Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Chipman Brothers Tangent Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa, and with me, as always, is Bob. Hey, Bob, how's it going? Uh, I'm okay. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. It's been a while. It ha- it has. Do you happen to have written down uh, how, how long? Because it's... March. Uh, it seems like it's been... Oh, March. Okay. March. March? Yeah. Wow, and okay. It is now... Uh, actually, in about 30 minutes, today day will be Labor Day. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a bit of time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're in September. We've... We've, um, you know, you know, the, the, the Republican party has declared COVID gone 25 times since we recorded last. Yeah. Still in the middle of a pandemic. We are in a pandemic. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I wanted to quickly, like I always do thank my $15 or more a month patrons, particularly for sticking around and feeling that it's worthwhile to continue to fund my show when it's been so long since I've put an episode up. So thank you to Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Andrew Kraus, Robert V. Aldrich, Greg Downing, Mike the Gatherer, Kevin Vay, Peregrine, the Geeks with Shields podcast, Green Goblin, and Brendan Agnew for continuing to support me and for everyone that continues to. Um, trying to get back into the groove, as we talked about back in March, I had just taken on um, being operations manager for my entire company. We were at 80 or 90 people then. We're at about 130 now. It's continuing to grow, and it's continuing to take up a lot of my time. Um, and, Bob, you've had some cool stuff going on. I just recently uh, watched your um, oh brain shutting down. Um, Rainforest Cafe um, uh, episode you did with Matt Pat. Yes, I uh, co-wrote an episode of uh, film uh, Food Theory. Uh, I'm uh, I have been working with. Uh, I think this predates the last time that we did this, but I don't know if we've talked about it at length on uh, the podcast here. I'm uh, uh, one of the. Uh, uh, I don't know what uh, how they fully distinguish this, like in uh, legal hiring terms. I'm a. Uh, uh, full-time uh freelancer with uh uh the film theory food theory and game theory uh theorist media which uh has uh, several channels under an umbrella on uh, youtube uh with uh that channel um with uh the uh, creator w- widely known on youtube as matt pat who uh does uh, some uh, very good work and i'm very proud to be part of uh the team there and uh recently put out uh, the most recent thing that I wrote, uh, co-wrote, that uh, has appeared on that channel was about the Rainforest Cafe on the channel Food Theory. It was it was fantastic, and I, I bring it up, one, because I thought it was great, two, I hadn't thought about that place in forever, um, but that was like a staple, right? Like, it was, it was the only thing we really had around here that was like going to a restaurant in Disney World, like in, you know, at the random mall at your hometown. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we have a Hard Rock in Boston. We eventually got it's a Hard Rock. It's not really the same thing, though. It isn't it though. I mean, it's like like the the theme. Well, the thing is, the theme restaurant thing is not as big here on the North Shore, only because we don't have an equivalent to Times Square that is a tourist destination spot that is like international like that. Like we don't That's have, true. like we don't have a Vegas Strip, and we don't have a Times Square here. So the theme restaurant thing 
uh, that uh, is centrally located like that isn't as as much of a uh, of a spot like that here. But we have a hard rock. Which it, which is very much that, but like there wasn't uh, by the time Planet Hollywoods were franchising, they weren't coming here. That sort of thing, right? Uh, and the Hard Rock still, you know, the one in Boston fulfills its, you know, its role of, you know, it's a restaurant, but it it's a concert venue. It's a and concert I know venue, that, but also they they have like the memorabilia strewn about. Right is the idea. But I mean the rainforest thing. I mean that was that was cool being a kid and like you know I, I don't know because it was just so random. It's like where is this? Well, it's in a mall. You know, it just it just right, felt yeah. so. De- and it was like a destination you went to, and the, the you know I don't know. I just I miss it. I it miss was, having it was, stuff. It like, was cool. To, it was cool to it was cool to have here. It was cool to have here. It reminds me of like you know the things that went to the wayside in the U.S. We went. Me and my wife and kids went to an East Side Mario's. Because oh, they're, yeah. they're still prominent in Canada. Okay. And, um, it rem- Eastside Mario's was never the best food in the world. You know, it, it it's as, it's close to an Olive Garden. You know, it's the same kind of shtick. Right. But, yeah. but you know, you got to sit in a taxi cab, and it was like very, oh, yeah. very overly um, racially insensitive. You know, Italian restaurant. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. They're they were like new like old old time New York themed kind of ha- yeah that happening. But, which but is it a- was cool. I mean, there were a lot of those around um, in the '90s. But you're right; they didn't, they weren't as prominent here because we kind of had, you know, why why have an East Side Mario's when you can go to the North End? Yeah, right. We have an you actual know? we have an actual <laughs> Italian neighborhood here. Right. Well, it's wild. I, I, you know, I just wanted to congratulate you on that because I think that I think those are going really well, and it's it's super cool. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, I I in that time period had. An, an unfortunate incident with my podcast I had, which for me was one of the biggest recordings I've done. I had Krista makes from less than Jake on and we lost the recording. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, I got to meet him. I got to talk to him. So to me, that's a win, right? Yeah. But, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he did write the theme song for, for the show and everything. That's so true. I mean, no harm, no foul there, but uh, it would have been really cool to get that up. But, um, in our in our last episode, where you last left the Chipman brothers, oh yeah, we were we were talking about things we anticipated coming back in March. Oh and, right, and um, one of those things was Obi Wan. Oh yeah, and we didn't really know what it was going to be, and it's it's while. yeah, it's 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 been or it's has been on, and anyone can watch it now, so we can talk about it a little bit. What did you think of it, Bob? I liked it. I like yeah, like, so like, so did like, I. I, I. Yeah, I think they've I think they've found their niche of how to do these things. Yeah, of in terms of, you know, the, they're kind of like at this. I mean, we'll see what Andor is because this looks like the first of these so far that is going to try doing something other than treading water. Right. But and I mean, and even this one is okay. This is before we someone who is. Uh, dies in road rogue one here's what he was doing before rogue one but it looks like we'll also be you know introducing other people from rogue one and potentially doing something outside the general tone that has been set in the rest of these uh shows so far at some point they're really gonna have to do something other than you know slightly more backstory for people we already know and toys we've already bought oh but, yeah but like at at this point it, 
it really does feel like that, uh, and I've enjoyed to one degree or another most of what they've done with this so far on the uh, on the TV side. It really is clear that the mandate so far is tread water until we figure out what uh, until we figure out what to do next. Because right. they clearly had, uh, it, it looked like what to do next was to uh, let Patty Jenkins make Rogue One and. I guess people watched Wonder Woman 1984 and decided, yeah, maybe not. That w- that wasn't Rogue One. That was the um... no. She was she was doing a uh, Rogue Squadron. Sorry, Rogue, Rogue Squadron. Yes, Rogue Squadron. Rogue something. Either way, they kind of watched that one and said, you know what? I renounce my wish. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Or maybe that's still happening. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, um, maybe we'll, well, well, we'll find out in a week or when or whenever. But see, whatever. I, Next week I'd at like, the convention. I exactly. And and again, that, that's a perfect time to talk is you know, speculation and all that crap. But um who knows, yeah. You know, the the thing I liked about Obi-Wan is it and again, you know, I'm we Star Wars is Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Even yeah. bad Star Wars I love. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I like the universe. I love that there we like we've said before, I love that there are people who really the only Star Wars they know are episodes one, two, and three. So for them, like this show is just more of something they love. For me, it's like, oh, I'm so happy to get to see you and McGregor really get to breathe as this character. Yeah. And it's really, really cool to have Hayden Christensen play Darth Vader, you know, and and I really liked what they did with the two of them. The show was was fine. I I, yeah. I liked it a lot. I loved um the girl they hired to play Leia was amazing. Yeah, I love the I love the choice in doing her a service because I had heard that most of the original show was going to be you know the misadventures of Obi Wan and Luke, and I liked the Luke is something you can't touch, you jerk Obi Wan like story, and Leia being more the okay they had a relationship. I think that plays better. Yeah, it's they're ba- they're. They basically made a uh, like a storyline for the show out of mi- out of like a couple seconds of missing static in yes. the first uh, in the first episode. It's just kind of like, wait a minute, why would she ask for help from uh, you know this? Uh, the, it's it's not a plot hole, but it's sort of a look. We need to get from point A to point B in the storyline. So why are we asking for help from this guy? Well, he's an important guy. Why, why are we asking for him? It doesn't matter why he's, he's a guy, but now retroactively in the franchise, this is an important character. Why is this someone we know who, who cares, but now we care. So. And it let, it let cool stuff happen, which, which is basically the entire impetus for the existence of the Mandalorian and the Boba Fett show is let's find a way to make cool things happen in scenarios and sets that you're somewhat familiar with. It's the stuff that worked the best about the sequel trilogy and they just leaned into it. Yeah. And and it's less of it. It's a lot less of the, like if on the high end, low delivery, and I still thought it was fine. It's well done on the, on the high end, low delivery side of, of these, I would put like the book of Boba Fett, which I still had fun with, but like uh, that one is about 75% of that is here are the toys and here are the sets and about 25% of it here is actual interesting new stuff we thought of to do with this stuff. It's still fun. Yeah. And 
and then this this is kind of on the other end where it's hey we actually you know we they basically said okay we are gonna do basically two like real show off fan servicey sort of things which is we're gonna have Obi Wan and uh, and Vader fight again more elaborately which reticent about whether or not it's necessary but it was cool to see okay yeah. fair. And they didn't, like, blow it out and overdo it. They were, you know, mid-level, like, one-on-one fights. And it was cool, so good job there. And we're going to have Obi-Wan and uh, a younger Leia and get a little more redemption there. Cool. Good. Works it out. And then the rest of it is new stuff, character stuff, interesting new character detail stuff. Like, it's... Like, Boba Fett was mainly a toy box. Boba Fett was mainly... What is this about... Not really that much, but Boba Fett is riding a Rancor. Shut the fuck up. Exactly. But this one is more, okay, this is actually about stuff. And also, hey, look, it's Obi-Wan. So, you know, fun fun with it. I eventually, I, I think this needs to eventually be more. But, like, you know, Star, Star Wars has, like a, like, a dual identity crisis in between being, you know, actual, good, creative thoughtful thing thought up by a weirdo in the 70s and also everything that came after that which is movie adaptations of a line of Kenner action figures that were based on the creative thing that that guy did one time yep and every all of the Disney Plus shows so far are basically in the latter category of adaptations of the line of Kenner action figures which is fine and uh, as with a lot of the, you know, the the Star Wars stuff and the Marvel stuff and a lot of, of the rest of this stuff, you know, my take on so much of it just comes down to, it's fine. It, it's, it's fine. It, I don't know that it's excellent, but it's fine. And sometimes it's very good. And when it's really bad, I'll say it's really bad, but it's fine. Yep. And I can't get that worked up about even parts that don't work. So it's fine. It's entertainment, and that's what I want it to be there for. And it yeah. it 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 gave me what I wanted to see, and that's cool. Um, and and McGregor proves again that he was a very very damn good choice for that role. Right. Yeah. He, he just nails it. Um, m- moving on from that. Um. On on the other side of the coin, more Disney shit. No, um, I absolutely friggin' loved Ms. Marvel. I thought that was cute, yeah. And it wasn't even on my, like, you know, I was like, all right, I bet this will be adorable. But it, it was just so, I, I don't know, it was so confident in itself. You know, like it didn't really care if you liked it or not. It just kind of went for it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if I, I mean, I, I would love to have Ava watch it in, in its extended versions. And I'm, cause she saw a couple clips and recognized that it was the big hands girl from Spidey <laughs> and his amazing friends. So she and, could tell who it was supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. All right. I just thought it was a cool show. I, I, no, I, 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 I thought it was good. I really dug how much, um, how much, uh, like culture and history it had to it. And it was more interested in telling that story 
than necessarily being a superhero show. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think it uh, it got it got to where I think it got to where a lot of the fandom stuff needed it to be by the by the beginning and end of it. And in the middle, there was a whole other thing that I think not necessarily everyone was expecting. By now, I think people really should expect the like the different middle part with a lot of the the of like the Disney Plus shows because I mean they have to do something for the middle part that's longer than a movie, right? And, and that's where it's going to go. I th- I found it really interesting. I had fun with it. I don't know. There's a, there's sort of a, a continuing thing with this where they keep making these uh, these series the obvious version of what this should be and just making it and then people getting upset that it's that instead of like a, a deconstruction of that aimed at At another audience, and I understand why they uh, why there's that kind of reaction to it because a lot of these are it's almost like they're being reversed engineered out of the comics version because a lot of this uh, stuff like like Miss Marvel or like the the She Hulk show. Oh or, yeah, we're gonna get to that. Or like so much of this other stuff where the original comics versions are good. Often, sometimes, uh, a, not necessarily a better, but a different animal in some ways because they are comics by their nature, especially in the eras and uh, the times in which they're created, are often a, a deconstruction aimed at the comics reading audience, which is both broad and niche at the same time because it encompasses a lot of different types Right. A lot of different types that share kind of a, a comics, a very kind of universal comics reading view of the world and a very universal comics reading. Like like people who read comics generally have the experience of having read comics and having like a shared set of cultural references or whatnot. So things like Miss like uh, the Miss Marvel uh, series, other than the change to the powers and whatnot, the original comic series was pretty similar. Sans the diversion uh, of like the the trip overseas to Pakistan and whatnot, because there it was tied in with this whole bunch of business that was going on with the Inhumans and the X Men and whatnot. That was a whole big thing in the comics at the time. Was very much a sort of a like a a a Marvel universe deconstruction of hey what if a a disney channel teenage girl series played out in the marvel universe with a character like this whereas this is more like this is a this is a disney channel show exactly that's that's based that and it just sort of kind of is that you know it's it just uh is there, and i think that i'm not super shocked that a certain amount of the audience kind of bounces off of that because at a certain point it's not I think that there's a, a if this had been made in even like a 15 years ago uh era where you would have had someone like uh, not to you know invoke the the wrong name or whatnot but if this had if you'd had people like uh 
like a Joss Whedon type writer or someone who was in charge of the uh, of of the Marvel TV stuff, where the impetus would have been, okay, we're going to do this, but we're going to. Uh, you know, show that we are smarter than the uh, than than a show than we're 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 better than than the other shows that are made for teenage girls because those shows are dumb and we're going to deconstruct having, uh, you know, romance stuff in it or things like that. And this is just sort of leaning into saying, no, this show is about a kid who's supposed to be about like seventeen in the show. I think. I think a Maybe. little younger. Possibly, you know, how old is she? Is she 15 in the show? I, th- I think it's early high school, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the, well, one of the kids is, like, going off to, like, uh, Caltech, right? Right. Point. So, they're, in. They're like, sophomores. Either so way, it's, it's um, I so thought he some, was going off to, but he was going off to Caltech for a high school to college program, so he okay. was going there to, like, finish high school. Right, so they're, so they're, they're, they're young enough that it's still a problem that they have a curfew. So it's correct, a, exactly. So, and I know and, the and, yeah. and what my parents think is still a big right. potential, you know, life ruining thing. In right. The show. So, so this is a uh, so this is a show aimed at literal children. Well, it, it, it's and, like the secret world of Alex Mack and shit right, like yeah, that would have played yeah. on SNCC. It, it's that right. kind of thing. And it's not trying to be better than that by virtue that it's a Marvel thing and therefore people who would also watch the Avengers movies will watch this. It's not trying to say, hey, hey, guys, guys, it's okay. You can watch. It really doesn't seem to give a shit. Yeah, it literally is going to go, you're either going to watch this or you're not and we don't care because it's not for you. Well, not even that it's not for you. It's just, it's, it's not that like, it's not doing a fuck you if you uh, are not there. This is, you know, exclusion. It's just that it doesn't, if you're not on board, well, th- this is, it is what it is. And there's, there's room for the, uh, that stuff. Like there's nothing wrong with being a show for, 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 te- for kids, for lack of a better thing, or, or younger women. And that's fine. And that's and I think that that's that's kind of cool about it. You know, I don't know. I'll say, you know, full of I don't know if this is because it's for my job and it's part of, you know, I'm interest. You know, I have, uh, you know, a long running interest in the, the running meta story of this whole Marvel thing. I don't know otherwise if I would have been like seeing this or it would have been first on my list of things to watch if it wasn't uh, part of that. But that kind of shows the the machinery working, I guess, for lack of a better word. So and it just, it, I enjoy it's that. charming. It, it's yeah. charming. And it, you know, it, and it's one of those things where I hope there's some parents that end up watching it because their kids were into it. Yeah. I, as you know? yeah. And it's, and then it's you can smart. go, Oh, cool. Now you have something that fits in with the stuff that I like. Cool. Yeah. We're connected now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, that, and that that's kind of it, it it I feel is a more fully formed version of what the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies were doing. Especially yeah. the first one. Yeah, I I I agree. I, I I agree. It's it's definitely the best version of something like this, of of this type of a Marvel hero archetype that someone has put together since the 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 first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. With you know, oh, you know, sneaking, sneaking out of your house, and you know, my parents don't know, and I've got the cause. It has, it has a lot of that energy. So I would, so I was definitely into that aspect of it, 
and uh, and and it uh, I did not expect you know for like if you are watching it for deep lore Marvel stuff there was no other context in which anyone was ever going to put uh, clandestine in something. Right. That's, that's the deepest cut that I was uh, going to get. I had a feeling because I thought, you know, what would be weird, but, uh, and, and then I was like, okay, yeah, I was, you know, called that one. Did not expect the, the turn at the end. That yeah. Was, that was very cool. Yeah. That was really something that was real. That was really something I, I watched that and I was like, wait a because I, I watched that uh, like you know live first broadcast that dropped because I was the the screeners did not only came out for the first few and then the last ones because that's how they hide the uh, the big spoilers and uh, you know that was quite a thing seeing uh, social media and everything else just kind of go all at once what the hell oh that's how you're gonna do it yeah, yeah. so didn't expect that. Looking forward to the next uh, to, to the movie, which is uh, about uh, not a year away, but uh, a ways away. What? Which movie? She's in the Marvels. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's the that's the setup there. She and uh, uh, Brie Larson, obviously, and um, the uh, uh, young woman from uh, WandaVision. Yes. Is, uh, oh. Although she 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 will probably be in uh, Secret Invasion first. I I expect. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think I she may have already been announced for that. I have a hard time keeping track of who is actually in Secret Invasion and who people think is in Secret Invasion. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. with, since we're following an interesting tack, and it has been a while, um, you know, more on the TV side of Moon Knight yeah. also came out yeah. in this time period. Uh, Moon Knight was a riot. Moon Knight is <laughs> was so cool. So friggin' weird and <laughs> in the best way. Yeah. Like I lo- I I would love to see a, a super cut of Moon Knight straight through, like in yeah. a theater. Yeah. It's so good. And what you know, speaking of shift pivoting from Star Wars to 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 the MCU, yeah, what an incredible turn and fully investment by um brain Oscar Isaac Oscar Isaac's executive producer and using his yeah I can I can do a pretty good non-British accent as like literally the two characters yeah yeah unbelievable show um it it's probably the most unique thing they've really done it's very like you know when it when it needed to be nasty, it was nasty. Like, um, a B- Black Widow did a lot of that. You know, like, it had, like, the Born Identity National Treasure thing going on with it that, that yeah. I thought was really cool. That it was more interested in doing than the superhero stuff. And Ethan Hawke having a hell of a year because, yeah. holy shit, was the Black Phone awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did not know what they were going to do with Moon Knight. And I... I'm really imp- I'm re- I'm really I'm impressed that they made uh, anything out of Moon Knight to begin with and I'm really impressed that they made that because I'm still I don't know how you would make that series in any other context other than this is other than Marvel is has a slot to fill and we have Oscar Isaac and this is the show we want to make because it's I don't know what like the one word pitch for that show is unless you are 
absolutely committed to mad-libbing a six-episode superhero show exclusively based around we really, really want uh, TV critics on Twitter to love a TV show. And uh, so we've settled on a show about people who are a, a superhero show for people who are horny for museums. Yeah, no, and, it was, and it, this is what, and this is what we've got. It's Oscar Isaac. He has multiple personalities. He works in a museum. He is a mummy and also Batman. And, uh, and, and this is the show. And this is what, this is what we're doing. It's national treasure, but also the born identity. He is Batman and also a mummy and Ethan Hawke is there. And, and it was wholly unpredictable. Yeah. And that was the other great thing is they they finally made a show where I knew surprises were coming, but I was more interested in following the show and letting the surprises come. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um And I, I you know, I don't want to say this because I want to see the character more, but I'm happy with it. Like, I want Moon Knight to show up more, but, like, they really told a great story you know what i mean yeah i'm i'm glad for i'm i'm glad for what there was i hope that there's more uh p i i think anytime he shows i think what's fun about it is that like all of the moon knight stuff just when he's like running around fighting stuff is cool enough that it, it will just be cool if and when he shows up more and also it will be a fun like running gag outside of the like outside of the show if it's just if there's just no time to explain who this is or what he's about right because how because how would anyone bring this up like in like what what situation could be so dire that would require Moon Knight to be there that would also have enough time to explain why he needs to be there. It's right. Like we, it's going to be one of those. Oh, you. All right. As you were just like, it's like, we, I brought along, just like, I brought along this guy. It's like, what's his deal. You just, just, just don't, just don't ask. Just don't ask. He's like, <laughs> is that a mummy? Just don't ask. And why, and why is he like in a leisure suit part what of the he, time? What, what is, what is he doing? What is what's go what's going what's going on? Just figure like some of the more normal people are just going there. Just just what's going on? <laughs> like I, I've heard like the 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 rumor right now is that he might be in Captain America four, right? Which which feels very random. And then I was like, oh yeah, right now because one of the two guys that he is is in the army, so he might know him, but he right. probably doesn't know this now. <laughs> so like by like by comparison, you know. Sam Wilson, Captain America, who is friends with a uh, two time displaced super soldiers, one of whom is a cyborg, you know, and <laughs> you know knows a raccoon. Oh yes, and you know has been to actually no. Sam Wilson has not been to space, but knows people who has been to space, and I has probably had at least one conversation with a wizard. At still, least one. still probably had would have some questions if his friend showed up and you know who who he last knew as a pretty tough dude in the army with a different accent and now he becomes a mummy <laughs> some sometimes sometimes he is also a mummy 
Oh, man. I know that this gets said, but it's still unfathomable <laughs> that, they've, that they've pulled any of this off at all. Yeah, it's cr- yeah, it's it's cr- it's crazy. That, that we can just in casual conversation go, yeah, no, this is fine. Yeah, like, this all, yeah, this all, this all makes sense. Yeah, this this all makes sense. And, and that the 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 majority of popular culture, so not like, I I try to go back to like when we worked at Blockbuster, yeah. you didn't like have customers in line that know the mythos of. The Avengers, but now everybody does. Like, yep. like, and and I know that the, I'm being air quotes, but like the amount of people that know Star Wars probably even more know that Captain America knows Groot and Rocket Raccoon, and they've saved the world, and they've time traveled with the Hulk, and they fought the God of Thunder's brother. Like, they know this shit, and <laughs> you and I used to have to go to Suncoast to figure out how to get the weird anime we wanted to see that now everybody yeah. loves. Yeah. And and I just think this is amazing. Um and with that, you know, two guys who saw one of our favorite directors get to make a Spider-Man film back in the year 2001, got yep. to see him make an MCU film. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I'll transition into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which I don't know. I've I've seen it 3 times and it's a blast. It's not anything groundbreaking or earth shattering, but it's it's a Sam Raimi movie full and th- through and through, and it is nasty. <laughs> yeah, that's a dark one. It's really dark. Yeah, um, I I, enjo- I enjoyed it. I know uh, some people have uh, reservations with this one. It's it, it, yeah. it's imperfect, but uh, I think under this under the circumstances that it was uh, that it was through, I have a lot of fun with it. Oh yeah, agreed. And it's uh, it's we it's very bizarre. It's it's really bizarre. Like and, yeah. it sticks out like a sore thumb level of bizarre. It's uh, it's. I think every everything about a certain number of of like stuff that was made, like you know, pandemic era is is just going to look more and more bizarre. You know, going back uh, through it, and I think uh, some of it is the. The fact that, like, uh, there have been, like, five appearance, major appearances of Doctor Strange throughout the uh, Marvel movies. And Doctor Strange has done quite a bit throughout this storyline. Very little of it is directly Doctor Strange stuff. Mm-hmm. He's he's largely been, like, the... Uh, like, the he sort of became the substitute Iron Man for, for a bit. Oh yeah. And, 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 he's, is, and he's doing well with it, which actually. is a, which is a, which is a fun bit as I sort of like one of the things that I think is fun about this one as a part two is it's, uh, it's sort of an, almost an accidental return to the, uh, uh, like the sequels where you don't really need a, like a full character story for the main character because by net, like we've had five Doctor Strange stories. Yeah, it just kind of dives like, right into it. Where it's like, you know what? You know who Doctor Strange is by now. So his story in this one is that he's still kind of working things out for his story, but you, but he's developed at this point. You know who he is. And the Doctor Strange story in this one is 
the hero is the hero and a problem falls in front of him and he solves it over the course of the movie. And that's the thing. It's like the, this is more like Doctor, instead of being Doctor Strange sequel number two, this is Doctor Strange storyline number seven of ongoing. Right. And, and that's pretty cool. And I think it's, I have a lot of fun with the, uh, with the movie. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting shift for a lot of characters in there. I love Wong. I think that uh, it's, there's this batshit nuts uh, storyline with this young girl. Yes. And, uh, it's, it's very cool. And in, in Wanda, you know, for, yeah. it, you know, a lot of people have a problem with her arc feeling that it was wrapped up in WandaVision. And then I ask them, did they actually watch WandaVision? <laughs> um, I think it goes, I mean, Sam Raimi didn't watch all of WandaVision. They, no. They gave, they gave him this one and, supposedly the uh, from the the making of the story this was all going to go in several different directions and at a certain point they said you know you have this uh, business where she's going to turn evil towards the end of it and then this maybe goes on into other movies you know she's so much fun when she's evil can't we just do that right at the beginning because that's the best part of the movie she and they said oh yeah no that's so much, much better fun. let's just do that she was and, having so much fun she yeah. she rocked yeah, and i i can see i can see the uh, i can see the the valid criticism that there's that that you have that you have this character going like all the way bad right away and then sticking there and it seems like okay i i get it it can there's a there's a reading of it where it's not the best version of that i get it i get that there's uh there's a, there's an argument to be made there i think that the I think that the movie that they have goes in interesting directions with it. I think the fact that they don't uh, like pull back on it is interesting. I think it's like in of of the of the decisions that they go with. I respect that they go with it. That they say it's like okay, so she's so she's bad now, and then they follow all the way through with it instead of doing it and not having the courage of the conviction to go all the way through with it and it's it's used in the service of building up an entirely new younger woman character which is also interesting which has a whole other set of you know entirely unsubtle stuff going on there right exactly it's on it's I'm not, glad to I'm glad yeah. to see where it all where it all goes to. It was it was cool to see the uh, the multiverse people. Um, yeah, no, that was I fun. Know, I know that was all just for fun. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I like. Uh, I I like the. I'm I'm trying not to just like you know blurt out uh, spoilers. Yes. Yeah. Well, not not just spoilers, but. Um, you know, j- just like the matter-of-factness of it, but I like uh, CNN. Sorry, I'm looking s- fucking CNN. Sorry, I'm seeing things scroll by on my two other screens here. I like uh, seeing Sam Raimi be playful in this context because obviously everyone is looking for oh, there's going to be cameos in this, and there's going to be all sorts of stuff. You can drown these things in cameos and side quests and whatnot and have everyone say oh no it should have had this and they should have gone to 
this and that other universe and whatnot, and you lose your own through line. So I think that it's fun to have, you know, this like big fan service scene and then have them all get like murked right away. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. It was just awesome because it's okay great cool hey they're fun we have you know it's captain carter in live action it's another captain marvel it's oh my god it's someone from the fantastic four and it's exactly who twitter wants them to be and he's dead and they're dead and they're it all dead. great oh, fuck you shut up here's here's your fan service now shut the button now can we please get back to our movie i loved that i, I thought it was good because it was cool to see but like really if all anyone wants to see is an actor that they fan cast wearing a costume, here you are. Here, here's, here's, here's someone who swung by Spirit Halloween on the way to the set, and, <laughs> and, and now, and now here they are, and now they're dead. And and now, and now, can we please get back to our movie? And and that's good. And it's a, and it's like a fun fight scene. And there you go. Because really, when people when people say, you know, oh God, why don't they just do basically Secret Wars every movie now? that's what they want they want to see like faces they recognize wearing a costume that looks like it looked in the comic and just show up for 30 seconds so they can say oh look it's there it's there it's that it's him it's her it's that and so they i don't know what you're complaining about there they were <laughs> they're gone now bye but, bye like, but but there they but there they were you know it uh and it was you know it was it was cool you know, like what? What the? What the hell do you want? Patrick Stewart was there in the chair from the X Men cartoon. What more could you possibly have you want? Seen, have you seen that incredible CGI deep fake people did of him um, grinding on the on the the handrail that was behind him when he was standing there? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. hysterical. Yeah, um, no, yeah, it was it was it was cool. It was it was uh, it was it was uh, it was cool. And uh, you know, it was I mean, like that was amazing to see Pete like being in a uh, a theater on uh, like the you know the, there was a press screening uh for for that and people who do not live online and did not see that coming you know were like holy shit oh it was pretty awesome i mean yeah. it was well done <laughs> yeah i i had a good time and then you know the rest of it like the important things in the movie were cool you know but like if if, if there had been even a little bit more than that it would it would it wouldn't like no I don't need to see Magneto show up and give played by anyone and and give a soliloquy about how this is his daughter and this is how the continuity no, we're, we're gonna, gonna, we're gonna it, get save we're it. gonna get to that in a real movie and I that's Possib about those characters maybe possibly maybe sure. or if not if not I don't know you know we're we're probably gonna find out some you know hugeish stuff on uh, on uh, D23 I'm sure because uh, at this point they probably have to tell people. No, exactly, and we'll and we'll talk about that when it comes out because everybody's doing the speculation podcasts. Um, <laughs> but we've talked about that before. I shift out of Marvel. Um, yeah. I was gonna, I, you know, we are a tangent. I was gonna try to go in the order of things just because there was a lot to catch up on. But I'm gonna shift to now just to go. Holy shit, She Hulk! Wow, yay, love, <laughs> happy, happy, funny. I like it's it. It's great. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. I had I have a good time. I'm I'm am ahead by one episode, so I'll tamper down a oh, little bit. But oh it's, no no cool! I've I've yeah. I've watched all three on the same night because I had yeah. forgot it had started, and um, it's great. I love that it doesn't take itself seriously. I love the fourth wall breaking stuff. I, I know that that kind of the entirety of the MCU is doing that anyway, 
but I like a show that kind of does that. I think it's the right show for it. Yeah. Um, I love that the, the shawarma moments in each episode are completely ridiculous silliness. Um, but I didn't get to watch them in real time. So people really got angry about the Captain America gag in the first one. No, people didn't get angry about the Captain America thing. Pe- well, people, I know they're were... angry about the twerking thing, but I thought people got pissed about the Captain America thing too. No, the Captain America thing kind of came out. What people got mad about was was the 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 argument about whether or not about which one of them can actually control the Hulk better. Oh, it, is there pe- people are people are angry about that and whether or not that's because it's be, be, be because it's a woman. Well, yeah, and well, and because the like in. Like in hypertext, the idea is, you know, it's like you guys ne- is is men never think about how difficult women have it, and you know because people are being pedantic, you know, it's like, but you know, but the Hulk, you know, was suicidal in the show and whatnot, and it's like, you know, guys, the point of this is 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 that it's you know a million microaggressions versus one big thing, and that it's an apples to oranges comparison and whatnot, but it's also like people not being able to people who claim to be analyzing media and are just not good at media analysis, you know, not being able to read the point of that whole sequence, which is, yes, it's, this is the danger of doing a third, like fourth wall breaks in a show where also half the dialogue is written as though you're having an argument with someone who is above you on Twitter, which is, I mean, you, I would, I mean, if it was me, like, as the executive producer of a show, I would say pick one, but there, I don't know that there's a way to avoid that in this day and age with, with what the series was going to be, because you know what the criticisms are going to be, so you might as well address them. Oh, the show just leans into them. Right, so I don't know that there's a way to avoid that. The, the thing that is obnoxious to me about this is that it's clearly not only that, like, one... And this is something in the the like the new Lord of the Rings show as well, but also in oh, this. Oh yeah, we're gonna get to that. But in people who claim to be analyzing these things, and they don't allow for the possibility that the characters that they think are wrong are one supposed to be wrong in the show, and also that there's supposed to be some nuance in these like arguments that they're having. Like the the clip that everyone got mad at and and shared it is you know. Her throwing, uh, you know, he says you have to be able to control your anger and her saying, well, you know, I control my anger all the time because I'm a woman and I have to swallow being mad at men who are assholes all day and I'm good at controlling my anger. That's not the end of that argument. They keep going about that for the whole flashback segment of the show and eventually it comes down to a fist fight at which point she apologizes to him and they, you know, have to, they, they hash this out and then go, but like the in so that's like the meta text of it is about coming to terms with that but the in universe of the show meta text to this whole thing for these people who claim that they are so uh hung up on the marvel continuity side of it and that's not really how the she-hulk works in the comics and she's not stronger than anyone i was like guys are you not noticing from the way that they're like playing the acting and the dialogue in what is not a subtle show based on not subtle material to begin with because these are in the end 
cartoon books about green monsters for children. Sorry. Yep. That they are, you know, the, none of this is subtle, but that the point of what they're driving home for the bigger Hulk storyline, which Marvel will once again be allowed to make movies out of in a year, which will line up nicely with the 50th anniversary of Wolverine making his debut in a Hulk comic, mm-hmm. which is why there's a, a, a post on uh, She-Hulk's laptop about a man with metal claws in a bar fight in episode two. Mm-hmm. In case people, you know, I'm sure I know that's been screen capped already, but that's not that Easter egg's probably not there by accident. But what's happening in this is that Bruce, is, the Hulk, is absolutely, you know, shows up to this absolutely certain that he has not only figured out the Hulk, but figured out himself and is confronted with the fact that, oh shit the Hulk doesn't work the way that I thought it works. The The whole thing about it's triggered by anger and there's a second personality and that that's the way that it, that it has to work. As it turns out, that's a Bruce problem, not a Hulk problem. Yeah, I and love this, it. And this is clearly bothering him because it means that he's not as fixed as he thought he was. And also... By the end of episode two, now on the She-Hulk series, so if this is a spoiler, sorry about episode, you know, episode two, he's off to space again and hasn't told anyone. So he's heading off back to space. So that's he's he's dealing with the thing that causes the accident in the first place. Yes. He's well, he's off there, but that's also prob. I don't I don't have special knowledge of where they're going with that, but. There could that maybe they're going to polish off the rest of the Planet Hulk storyline, which eventually wraps up to World War Hulk, uh, Son of the Hulk. Maybe they're going to do a version of Grey Hulk. I until until they did the space thing, I thought, oh, okay, he's he's getting he's getting angry again. The personality is splitting again. Maybe we're going to get uh, Joe Fix at the Grey Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe or maybe we're going to because I I really do feel like. Marvel loves their anniversaries and they love their tie-ins like that. The in 2024 is the 50th anniversary of Wolverine's first appearance, which is in a Hulk comic. I feel like if they're going to do any kind of like show out by Wolverine, like, Hey, here's, here's Wolverine. Even if it's having Hugh Jackman as a, as future Wolverine again in a Deadpool movie. Right. I, I feel like it had like, getting that in there somewhere would be a thing. There was one of the universally agreed great like Hulk stories is Future Imperfect, which is the future Hulk who has the the maestro with the the beard who takes over the world and kills everyone. But like the the another version of Future Hulk was the ba- the the original bad guy in the comic version of Old Man Logan. So like you could s- squish those together. Right. So I don't know, there's a million ways to do it, but I just feel like every weird hulk rumor could also should like every time you hear a weird hulk rumor think of a way that it could also be a wolverine rumor because it could be um i so you know it could be there and there's a million ways that those could get uh slammed together you know people forget that a, a ton of the great X-Men stories from the comics are more about space than they are about fighting racism on earth because Mm -hmm. that was the nineties stuff. So it could be, uh, I, 
I won, you know, it used to be things that we dismiss out of hands of ever happening in the X-Men movies because they were so much more Earth-based when they were doing them at Fox. You know, would would Cyclops's father, the space pirate, be a thing in the in the Guardians movies? Right. And, and what I mean, could could that be a thing? You know, the Marvels is supposedly mostly in space. That could be a thing. Uh, I highly suspect that uh, Echo will have a bunch of mutant stuff in it. Well, I was going to say Marvels would make sense to start introducing some with the stinger of Ms. Marvel. Well, with the stinger of Ms. Marvel going, I think that that's a space thing. And also that it's hard to pull. I think it's hard to pull um, Carol Danvers away from the X-Men and Mystique and everything else that's involved in that for too long. Right. I think I think it just fits. Um, I think that... I think they might do a version of Civil War Two just to use that title. <laughs> I, I I think that I, I mean the title's good and civil I mean Civil War uh, Iron Man is dead, but Captain Marvel is still alive, so that's at least one half of Civil War Two. Right. So you, you know they've got that. Um, the subtitle of uh, Captain America Four is New World Order. Which is the, I mean, that was the title of the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is yes, weird. Yes, it was. Which is weird, but, but, New World Order, and this this is a stupidly deep cut, but there was a, uh, an, a an organization called New World Order in the comics, because of course there was. Uh, it was uh, run by the Red Skull, but it was not in a Captain America book, it was in a Hulk comic. And it was just, uh, it was like randomly, uh, like, you know, a big villain, big team name, one-off story in the Hulk comics that really no one remembers because it was where uh, they made like a Frankenstein monster called Piecemeal and sent it to kill the uh, royal family. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, Peter David's Hulk Hulk storyline was so good and so epic that that's like a a minor one-off thing that happened that was not really that important and nobody cares. Like, they had a great, like, they had the Red Skull running an organization called the New World Order that made a Frankenstein monster out of animals, humans, and mutants called Piecemeal. Great concept, great name. Sent it to assassinate the British royal family, and it's like a, th- a three-issue storyline, and people thought, oh, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. The, the Hulk fought, fought a Frankenstein monster, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, that, that was fine. That was fine. Because there was so much else going on in the Peter David Hulk run. That that was a minor, minor thing that happened. Not really that important. <laughs> you know, an undead not un, undead Nazis, Frankenstein. Not just 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 one of those things that happens. But uh, yeah, awesome. We hadn't. I guess it, they landed on things that have we actually called something the new world. We haven't. Okay, we'll use that. Like the eighth or ninth time the Red Skull came back. <laughs> and I think the Red. I think they. They're probably allowed to use the Red Skull again. I would love to see the Red Skull again. I'd, I'd like to see the Red Skull again. I know Hugo, Hugo Weaving said he didn't like wearing the makeup, so he's probably not going to come back. But I I feel like other people could wear the, the, the face. Yeah. I'd like, good... I'd, I'd like to see him come back, but it wasn't him in uh, it, it wasn't him in, in uh, Infinity War. So Right. And that was still really cool. Yeah. So it was it was cool to see him come. Like I'd I'd like to see him do it. I I think Hugo Weaving is great, but if he doesn't want to wear the mask, I respect it. So you know, get someone else. I don't. 
I'm I'm still really shocked that uh, like like at the time it made sense, but like now it's like shocking that Marvel did that with makeup. Yeah. Cons- considering that like you've never seen on uh, on WandaVision or in any of those movies, you've never seen Paul Bettany's uh, face wearing makeup right. on on any of those on any of those shows. People are people listening. How many people listening realize this? That if you've seen Paul Bettany playing the Vision in uh, in in the Marvel movies, you have in other than very very few like wide visual effect shots or publicity photos. From the from Age of Ultron when they were like taking test shots and releasing them, you've never actually seen Paul Bettany wearing makeup, prosthetic makeup, to play the Vision. He he's on set wearing the the costume with the cape and the rubber muscles and everything for reference. But like that thing where you look at his his head and he has the the red face and the robot parts going down into the neck and whatnot. That's a CGI head on on him. They I know his huh? whole head. They have mocap dots on his face because the way that the the headpiece goes onto his head is like smaller on the neck than it would be on a person, and it's really hard to make red like go with green. So he's wearing like mocap dots on blue makeup because red yeah. doesn't show up against green. And Holland doesn't wear a Spider-Man suit. Not, not for the most part, no. And they, they motion capture Paul Bettany's. But the trick of it is, is that they motion capture it on there, and in lieu of just making a red Paul Bettany, which would look fake, they motion capture his face, and then motion capture a three-dimensional special effect of makeup painted onto that face, so that the the CGI on there is not CGI made to look like metal. It's CGI made to look like rubber makeup to look painted like metal. with metallic paint like the rest of the costume. So it's actually made to look fake so that it will look more real because if it looked real like Ultron does, if he looked like a, a, a cybernetic person with like parts moving around with like gears or, or transistors like that, you would know he was CGI and you wouldn't buy it. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, that's that. Like they they solved the uncanny valley, and the by solution, making it look fake, it and it the solution to the uncanny valley was, and I this might have been the same person that worked on the China doll from the uh, the same team that worked on the China doll from uh, um, the the Oz movie. That was incredible. This, this was the first time that I heard someone use, and there's a word for this that I I don't recall what the word what the word is or the phrasing, but like that this is what uh, CGI artists referred to as like the like the the halfway fix for solving the uncanny valley with CGI, which is just to make realistic CGI of fake things, and that that's how you trick it, because you know that a puppet is not real. And what breaks the uncanny valley is when it's puppeteered too well, and you know that CGI isn't real because there's things moving that you just know won't move like that. So the trick is to make a CGI version of a puppet and move that. Yep. And that that's and that that's the trick to it. So basically, AR is is more real than VR. It's amazing. Yeah. That uh, that's. It reminds me of Robert Rodriguez's 10-minute film schools where he'd go, you know, if you have a green screen and you have this, 
if the thing you're interacting with isn't at least real, no one's going to buy it. Right. Yeah. It has to be, there has to be a certain amount of it. There's, you, you can't, you, you, you do as much real stuff as possible. Yeah. And, and, uh, and otherwise that it's, uh, it's the, it's the damnedest thing. But and, it works. Yeah, it does. It, it does. It, uh, and it, uh, it gets it done. I, I don't know that, uh, that was probably a digression, but that is. No, that's what the show's all about. That yeah. stuff fascinates me. Yeah. So what's interesting is that I've seen almost every Marvel thing, but I have not seen Thor Love and Thunder. Well, that so comes. We will, we will put a pin in that for yeah, three our. Days. What? Three days. Three days till Disney Plus? Yes. Oh, cool. Then I'll see it by the next time we talk. So I wanted to seg out of the Star Wars and Disney world and. We've both talked about this on our own respective shows, so we don't have to talk about it for a long period of time. But I wanted to thank you again for bringing me to see Nope. Oh, yeah. Um, And I still, I've seen it three times, and it fascinates me. I can't stop thinking about it. Um, And it yet again is another... Um, wow, Jordan Peele, yeah, you actually are great at making films, reminder. Um, it's so bizarre. Mm. I, I loved it. I really did. I, I don't know if it's, you know, an incredible film. I don't know if it's perfect. It, it, like us, asks a lot of questions and doesn't necessarily answer all of them. But damn, was it a blast to watch. And I, I loved seeing it with you and the critics in Boston because, you know, you're your take on what was going on was really cool. If, if people haven't seen Nope yet, I mean, for a Jordan Peele movie, it made a lot of money, so go him. Oh, yeah. But, but you should see Nope. Um, it really, I am not the kind of person to tell people to go out. We are in a pandemic. It is awesome to be able to go to the movies again and have it be more comfortable and less frightening than it had been. But if you are healthy and willing and able nope is a big screen kind of film if you can still find it somewhere it in the old-fashioned way in the way that chris nolan likes to think his movies are um it, it really is um speaking of that i got to see a film that came out the same month as dr strange but i saw it just two weeks ago and i saw it the way that i hope the disembodied head of tom cruise would have liked me to have seen it <laughs> I because I saw it on a drive-in movie theater screen, and let me tell you, I I respect the hell out of what Tom Cruise tries to do for film, and I'm fine with the Mission Impossible movies. I'm fine with what he's doing. I had very little interest in seeing Maverick on the big screen. Not this. I didn't think it was great. Cruise, most of the stuff he does is good, even if I don't like the guy. I just, it's like, okay, you know, this is probably going to be the one that just isn't going to work for me. And wouldn't you know it, 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 it found the Cobra Kai and Creed thing. Yeah. Whatever worked for those, the approach is what Maverick did. And it could be one of the best legacy sequels I've ever seen. It was just, Badass, slick, no fat, fun to watch start to finish. And it looked so real. And even on a drive-in movie theater screen, it was hard to watch. Yeah. I loved it. Did, yeah, did, no, you, I, did you enjoy I, I can't believe oh, yeah. it took me so long to see it. No, I thought it was great. It really is. It's just yeah. great. There's nothing special. 
special about it. You know what I mean? There's no like, oh, you have to see this because of X, because the whole movie is just it. And again, the, people are going to go, yeah, of course, Chris, because it's just Top Gun again. But no, it felt as I was watching it like I had already seen it. And what I meant was it felt like I was watching it and like high fiving friends over stuff I was seeing for the first time. You know, it just it just felt like ingrained, like they were rediscovering something that movies just didn't do all that often anymore. It there was no there was no fluff to it. There was no deep seated message other than the message of the movie, and it was just awesome. And my God, getting to see Val Kilmer again and having them work his actual real world issue into the character was awesome. Yeah. I don't know. It just, I, th- I thought it was terrific. It was I, just I terrific. It, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I thought it was great. And it's, I don't know that there's anything like particularly, I don't know. I, I don't know that I have anything like grandly deep to say about it. No, because like, exactly. yeah, no, it works. It's a great airplane. Go zoom. It, that, that's literally it. Yeah. There's like, uh, you can, you can tell how intense it was to film. You can tell how great, and and what does it do? It serves a story that's quick, edge of your seat, and it's a blast to watch. There's no analysis. There's not going to be film courses written about Maverick because what there should be is flight training sessions written about Maverick because that's basically what you're watching. Yeah, airplane go vroom. They played. Yeah. Uh, they 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 played Danger Zone. I saw Val Kilmer. Cool. Yeah, Great. it was just an but, awesome movie, yeah. and and I was glad that I got to see it. Although it was a little jarring still to have Tom Cruise welcoming me back to cinema at the beginning of it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was wild. I I thought it was like I the the post I put on Twitter was the third act of Inglorious Bastards is very strange. <laughs> Um, anyway, but but let me bring it to the most important thing that I wanted to talk about. It's again nothing we're going to talk about for long yeah. because it's not done. But I have been a negative Nancy about the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power show and its existence because I um, turned into a little bit of a hipster fanboy about it, in that I thought the only reason it existed was because people really liked Game of Thrones. And I don't want to see Lord of the Rings through the Game of Thrones lens. I want to see Lord of the Rings through the lens that I like seeing Lord of the Rings through, goddammit. And when you know it, I watched the first two episodes of the show and it's everything that I could have wanted it to be. And it made me really happy. I have I I, I like it so far. It's 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 weird. It's weird. It, it, yes. it's, it's very weird and I think it couldn't be I think weird is the way to go with something like this. Because I don't know that it's a weird project because they can't, there's, they've filmed everything you can film, probably more than you can film based on The Hobbit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, They filmed uh, way more of The Hobbit than there is on the page. Uh, of of what like they've really milked the filmable parts of Tolkien's canon, and the rest of it is really really esoteric, and they're not allowed to touch. Like you you can't film the Silmarillion because uh, Tolkien 
put the film rights to that in a lockbox. And the, uh, the uh, I forget which names are which, but one of the sons that owns and translated all of the remaining texts uh, will not until he has passed has said that no you will you you will not film anything else because he he decided that there should not be films and if he had his brothers they wouldn't have made anything uh the family owns the rights to the name the lord of the rings and you know general cut you can use orc elf middle earth names of things so amazon paid an obscene amount of money for that yes and I think now someone else had, like, uh, I think uh, the Embracer Group has it or some such. Uh, that, like, a, they're a vi- the video game company that owns right. a bunch of other licenses. So, tons of stuff. Um, so, through all of that, what they have the rights to use, what they decided was that they can make up um, the stuff that he only ever obliquely referenced that happened between the Silmarillion and the uh, the Lord of the Rings proper. So, right. So basi- basically the, uh, the flashback narration at the beginning of the first movie for uh for that stuff. so the uh you know the once upon a time there were th- there, there were rings and then another guy made another ring and it was bad like they can right. make th- this is what they've got to squeeze six episodes out of so stuff that tolkien wrote down when he was compiling you know maybe i'll write another book someday and when people would write letters and ask so what happened there they basically have to make a show out of that but not out of anything that he ever said officially about it right so and that's what i find really cool about it yeah and it's it's an interesting extra I want to see where they're going with it because they really do have to I want to see what they're I'm not exactly clear what they are and are not allowed to touch and for purposes of spoilers they wouldn't say what they finally came down on what they are and are not allowed to touch but it's interesting and it's you know the the common critique heading into this was people saying that you know well you know this looks like fan fiction and I'm thinking well yeah what else could it be that's kind of it, literally what it is go ahead oh no and I was just gonna say but that that's what I really love about it is it right now through two episodes feels like my 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 first thing was tonally what's it gonna feel like is it gonna feel like it exists in the world that Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings films exist in, which it doesn't have to, but is it going to feel that way? Or is it going to feel like The Hobbit, which it feels like two tonally different things fighting to exist in the same world? And it so far feels much more like Jackson's Lord of the Rings films in that the, you know, the the Harfoots, the Hobbit-like people have there's a tone in a way that those sequences are filmed that's a very different than the way the scenes with humans are filmed and different than the way the elves and it it all just feels like i'm hearing a new story but in the existence of a world i'm visiting again and i was afraid they weren't going to be able to pull that off i was afraid it was going to be well yeah no now that we have the rights to this let's make it you know nasty and and you know kind of like dark dark medieval and instead it's 
feels like more of the Lord of the Rings. And that's a hard balancing act considering they're making up new stories. It is. It's, it's less Peter Jackson than I would have, uh, th- than I was expecting. And I mean that, uh, in a, po- in a positive sense. Well, right. There's no music. I was worried the music cues were going to start up and I'm like, no, they're not doing any of that. So this no. is. Yeah. In, in the sense, when I say that I was expecting, uh, I, I shared not the, not the obnoxious complaints, but the, uh, the sense of I worry that this can only aspire to fan fiction because what else can it be? It, it is fan fiction. I mean, it's exactly it, what it is. It's literally we have to make up new stuff in the in something that we're uh, fans of because that's what this has to be. And I think that as an experiment, that's fascinating. But can you do an, a good? Can you rise above? just someone else doing fan fiction. My worry was because the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings looms so large in the, in the, like to the extent that I, I suspect, even though no one has ever fully said, look, this is what happened here. I suspect that that's part of what ultimately defeated the, the prospect of Guillermo del Toro making the Hobbit is the knowledge that, it was a losing prospect to try and follow Peter Jackson within that franchise with a few of the same actors and try to leave your own print on it because right. anything you did that diverged from it, people would look at and go, why is it different? Why do they look different? Why does it feel different? Why isn't the music exactly the same? Why is this not a direct one-to-one prequel to Lord of the Rings? Right. Because even the things that Jackson did that was a little bit different from the other movies, people, people, were, people yeah. were mad at you know, like it's, it's, you can't just you can't escape from that. People got mad when George Lucas made Spaceship Shiny in the Star Wars prequels. Yep. Okay. So it's you you can't like people will get attached to stuff like that, which, I mean, I understand, but at this point is tiresome. So, what surprised me about this is that it still feels, without just throwing everything out, which also would have been interesting. Um, it still feels it's recognizably Lord of the Rings in the sense that there's only one Lord of the Rings that has the same background and whatnot and so much of fantasy fiction diverges from, uh, diverges, descends from that anyway. It's, I expected and was hoping it would avoid being just Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings fan film. Right. And it is very much not that. And instead, it's, especially from a writing perspective and a tone perspective, it is very much Tolkien fan fiction. It is really, there's not a lot of action stuff in it. There's only, like, there's one big battle scene, and, uh, like, right at the beginning, there's a big battle tableau and a cave troll fight and that are very much okay yes we have seen the peter jackson movies so if you like those there will be some of that there will be orc sword fighting here you go but a lot of this is really really dug into the uh for lack of a better word tolkien doing catholicism fan fiction yes with 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 the uh you know with, with the elves as archangels and the uh I'd, I'd have to go back and check the timeline, but the second age might be the point where where Arda is still flat 
so the so the ocean works differently and uh you know and and middle earth is uh, is 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 shaped unusually and whatnot so it's very it's really dug into that so there's a lot of uh you know apart from a few big actions there's a, a ton of characters standing around in renaissance painting tableaus and lots of gold and purple lighting and uh you know characters like singing chorally on the soundtrack yep. and and then cut away from that to the uh the business with uh with the elves that looks very caravaggio and uh and then the harfoots who are uh i i always like when fantasy stuff is very direct and then very not direct about other things where you know there's like here's a million artistic influences on uh you know how we have created uh all of these different characters to figure out where these things come from and then cut back to the harfoots where it looked like the research was okay so these are irish guys right <laughs> yep and then it's like these these are the irish right okay good we're done all right bing these are the, these are the, so these are the pre-hobbits so these are the uh pre which and i mean i i mean that is one of the areas where they are allowed to be as free as they are because the harfoots get in like the legendarium of middle earth get like a like i think a couple sentences of reference to harfoots yeah even the hobbits don't know what their ancestors were they they were <laughs> like they they like no one ever, no one ever saw them we don't know no no one really remembers what happened during this period because everyone died it's uh it's it's not well remembered it's but it's it, it, it's such a bizarre bit of uh business and it gets uh that very heightened overlit these are not other than the even the people who are mortals are not exactly like even the ones where like you know these are men but they're not men men the this is the, the it it's if i had to i i wish that more people had seen the movie so that i would say you know this is the one-to-one -one comparison the the thing the fantasy film to compare this to is aronofsky's noah oh yeah uh, yep. it's this this is very much a attempting to do gnosticism through high fantasy of you know this is the the world before the because that's what the second age is this is tolkien's world before the flood this is the elves yep. are the the elves are the nephilim the men are the men the orcs are the 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 demon haunted world and what's going to happen with sauron and the age and the rings and everything else is the the near apocalypse that washes away that part of the world and we think it's all gone but it turns out they're not quite all gone and then some other stuff has to go down and with the fellowship and the the volcano and the ring and the lord of the rings that everyone knows and that's christianity and yep. that's basically like it's not one-to-one -one because tolkien despised allegory but you know i mean catholics are catholics just because you despise something doesn't mean you don't do it all the time uh-huh so it's there it's uh you know th this is and it's it's very much the you know coming back out of the, the like they they really i'm not going to say that people who had reservations about this have to like it like you know it's like if you're if you went into this thinking i think it's a terrible idea to make more lord of the rings and you know uh they should not be adding to the to the legendarium and should not be doing it. i get it i'm not going to say that you have to like it but i don't know as someone who does know his tolkien thank you very much 
you know, so when, so, so when people, you know, will come, you know, like the correct, like, I'm not someone who, who thinks that the whole, well, where do black elves and black dwarves come oh, from? Oh, yeah. There, there's no Africa on the planet of Middle Earth. The actual answer to that question is that Middle Earth is a continent, not a planet. The planet is called Arda. It starts out as a disc and is eventually a globe after it turns into a globe at the apocalyptic moment, at which point all of this is taking place and the elves follow the straight path back to Ammon. And uh, also, Tolkien in the uh, long uh, lost path and the uh, Notion Papers notes made reference to the fall of Numenor, the drowning of Numenor, is possibly a lost uh, memory of the uh, fall of Atlantis in Plato's journals, and that therefore the uh, maps, which clearly show continents adjacent to the rest, uh, resembling the continents of Europe and Africa. So therefore, uh, it, it makes sense that there would be people of uh, different races across all of these. That's the real answer to that. Uh huh. So do not speak to me of the deep magic. I was there when it was written. But, it. Uh, but, you know... <clears throat> You can't say that they didn't do their homework in terms of how much Tolkien's batshit weird Catholicism and his experience, especially his experience of having uh, gone through World War One, and you know this whole business of half of the elves just wanting to wanting this to be over and go home, and others saying. You know, we should probably stay and make sure this shit doesn't happen again. Yes, I'm. I'm sorry. I don't know if, like, who knows if Tolkien would have, uh, you know, approved of any of this. But they understand what it's about. They know. Oh, yeah. They they know what it's about. You know, this whole business of, uh, you know, we came here to keep watch over this to make sure they don't do this shit again. They may or may not be doing this shit again, but also it's complicated and. This like yes, this is also clearly making reference to U.S. wars overseas and war never changes. Thank you, Fallout. But they definitely understand what influenced that. They understand the stuff. They did the work. And it, exactly, it, it you know it it reminds me a lot of um the approach that the Dark Crystal prequel took. Yes, very. Where much. it's. We've given you characters, you have this film, you have this text, and there's these characters, but we could fill in the gaps of what got them to that point and expound upon that. And so that's what I like love about this so far is that I'm watching it and I'm going, yeah, Galadriel, Elrond, I know these people, but at the same time, the show has already introduced the fact that Sauron is about... And Sauron is a shape-shifting, you know, wizard. Yeah, technically, yeah. right? Yeah. So any one of these people could be Sauron. Yeah, and, and you know, who who is this dude coming out of a meteor? We don't exactly. know exactly. And and then and then when you go back and check your Tolkien, there are references of okay, when when um Gandalf talked about who he originally was, he came from the sky, and when he came back as Gandalf the White, he was sent back. By the sky and forgot who he was for a few days and he only adapted the name Gandalf because he heard them call him that and it, you get into all this stuff they you're right they really really did their homework yeah I I don't 
it feels a little no, easy. I'm not saying Jedi. that's who it is. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it it could be. I mean, it wizard could be, type it could, folk. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's probably one of the Vinar. It could also be Tom Bombadil. It could yes. Also be, uh, it could be it could be Radagast the Brown. It could be one of the two blue wizards whose no whose names we never remember. It exactly. could it, it it could be Saruman. It's probably not Saruman, but uh, it could be. Uh, I mean, the point is, is that it's, it's interesting. Like it's a really, if they needed like a strong kind of, you know, holy shit thing to end off number one on, you know, it's like, okay, all right, we are definitely in uncharted territory. That's, that's something else to, uh, to, to, th- to throw there. I like, we, that's I not like the, that we've seen. I like the idea of a prequel that can create, you know, for, for better or for worse or whatever it is, you know, water cooler conversation throughout yeah, the yeah. internet. I, and I love that it isn't all just here at once. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's the, the expectations based on the fact that, I mean, Amazon is not, Amazon's known for making it up in quantity and they're known for how much they were spending on this. And it's all on screen. Holy yeah, shit. And, and I mean, uh, you know, to be cha- to be charitable, J. A. Bayona has done good stuff. He has not necessarily, in 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 my opinion, really gotten back to the point of where the orphanage was. Correct. Probably He's- until until the until this point. This is, you know, the strongest thing that I that I've seen him have his name attached to in in a while. Yeah, and, and he's he's always been a great visual filmmaker. So it's really good to see there be a story and a mythos and a world and um performances to back it up yeah you know and and not not to put uh you know too bad a point of it but this is very well cast in terms of what oh. seem to, seem to be the main the main characters of, yeah. uh, of of this uh of this so so far they have uh really landed on i'm, I'm not sure that i'm like because it's late and i'm busy but i've had uh you know uh of uh morphid clark who's uh, playing uh, uh, Galadriel is, uh, you could tell from the trailer she was going to be a superstar. She's excellent. Uh, the young woman who's playing Disa, the uh, uh, the, dwar- the dwarf princess, is uh, yep. I- immediately arresting. Je- that uh, was when we got to the so dwarfs. Yeah. Because the dwarfs and the, those types of things were the things that seemed so out of place in The Hobbit. Yeah. They fit in again here they felt like they were part of the world in this yeah. one again and i really appreciated that i like um again i'm i'm going to lo- lose the name here but uh, the the young one who's playing what is what they're more or less essentially framing her as girl frodo oh, is, yeah yeah uh, is like she's like she's fun is imme- like in like Im- like immediate, you know, first close up. Like, okay, yeah, this is this is a good character. We're going to enjoy. Th- this is someone whose presence is going to be uh, enjoyed. The uh, the the Mister Serious Elf guy, immediately cool, cool action guy. Like him. Uh, interesting to see where the, where the where the villains go. This is uh, it's it's interesting. You know, I mean, two episodes in, who knows? They they could shift the bed in the remaining four. They they could. But, uh, they could. It, but you know, it's. More interesting and more. I mean, th- you could have made the safest version of this and j- like just done either Game of Thrones or su- or like just basic fantasy series. Like, hey, here's the ring. We we've made rings. Let's uh, collect ring and do that and spend that money and probably still get the attention that they're going to get out of this. 
and it's a much stranger and more interesting thing than I uh, I think anyone could have been expecting. And for all of these people that were expecting this to either be like a a fake thing or or like a, just an action show with uh, with you know fights and wisecracks and we're going to use Lord of the Rings stuff, which also would have been not super objectionable. It's definitely not that. No, you know, it, uh, it, it's more like your friend wrote a D and D campaign that's based on Tolkien. Let's hang out. Yeah, no, this is the <laughs> apart from the apart from the things that were always going to trigger the worst of the fanboys. The fact that they put uh, the worst of the fanboys and the most um, the the most protect the worst and the most protective as two separate things. The fact that they did it at all for the most protective and the fact that they did it with a slightly more diverse cast. Yeah. It's otherwise the most nerdy version that they could make of this. Oh, it's so nerdy. I can't believe people are watching it. It's yeah, so I'm, nerdy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to see what happens to the ratings in the, in the next couple after there's, it's mostly no, no, no. We are, re, it's, it's like the first Lord of the Rings movie you, where, you know, when you, when, you went to see the first movie and you know, it's like the trailers were here's big action and here's, you know, the, the uh, action movie music and the sword fights and big epics. And it looks like gladiator, but people have pointy ears sometimes. And then like the, like the first two minutes are like a black screen and Kate Blanchett speaking a made up language. No, it, and <laughs> you're the, right. Cause they, they, because they're making it up, they didn't have to make it ner this nerdy. Yeah, no. They could, have, they could have made it anything they want, but they chose to Tolkien it, and that's really cool. Yeah, this this is quintessentially some... This is the thing that could only be made because the richest man who has ever existed decided he wanted a Lord of the Rings show. And it so. feels... what What it feels like is it feels like the extended editions of the movies. You yeah. know what I mean? Is it's it's it, it's not um, it's not really in too much of a hurry to get to. Any. It's like no, dwell on these things, please. And and I think that's really cool. Yeah. So um, it, it it's getting really late, but I wanted to ask: Do you you know we're, we'll be able to record more shows and talk about how the show goes? But do you have any interesting predictions on where they might go with stuff? Because I I believe. Right now, based on the two episodes we have, if I had to make a guess, that Celebrimbor is Sauron. I don't believe that Celebrimbor is Sauron only because that would be... I don't actually think that they're going to break as much canon as or a... I, 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 in my mind, that, that character is here, but he's tied up somewhere. Like, uh, you know, okay. under, under a... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, yeah. And and Sauron's just be be and the, what's what's telling me that is he's got this special project and this special thing for Elrond to build, and that to me is going to be the forge that makes the rings. That's kind of where my brain's at. Well, yeah, yeah, that's very that's very much where it's going. Uh, that's traditionally where the uh, where the the where the story heads with that. Uh, at, at least as is my uh, my general uh, recollection to 
it's possible that uh, that there could be a betrayal storyline going on there. That's not the way it usually goes. Right. But, but uh, you never know. It could it could be. Well, I like I like just trying to piece together. Like I I mean everybody if if you go into like the chats and talk around, they think boat guy is is Sauron, and that's way too easy. I be, as far as I know, the actor that uh, has already been identified as playing Sauron is playing Sauron. The boat guy. Uh no the uh, the 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 blonde guy. Oh okay, but again. We don't know who he he could be. Someone in the show at this point he before could, revealing could also, himself. He could all he could also be doing the uh, the the changing. But uh, I don't believe that uh, I don't believe that he is uh, necessarily Sauron. But you never know. It's just interesting. I, I like the um, I like that we have red herrings when it's all new. You yeah. know what I mean? People are still already going. Okay, who like I've I've found Elrond's character in this show to be a little shady. You know? Yeah. And I find that interesting. Hmm. I also like that, you know, when we're about to enter the Grey Havens, yeah, and, I, and I get that it's we're supposed to be on Galadriel's side of her escaping. It had a very dark connotation to it. Like, you know, are they necessarily going back to somewhere good? <laughs> right? Right, yeah. It's almost like the king was like, I'm done with you. Go die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... I... I I don't I think that if they were that if there was going to be anything in here that was going to cuz I don't think that their plan is to only ever do this. I think that they really want it uh want to to go with more of this again. I'd be fine with it if 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 it keeps it this tack, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I don't uh so I think that the that the way things are said to have played out more or less again i i think i think that it will keep to that i think that if there are things that are like you know surprises or whatnot it will be more uh with with characters who are uh, new characters or things that have been invented for the series and so far they are uh these are mostly people who are known to have existed or characters that have been set up right well, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, because not every like not everyone is like not everyone is known like not all of the uh, not all of the uh, the 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 Black Riders and the Witch King don't all have names, for example. Right. We just know that they were kings, so these could be several people who have yet to appear. Right. Like we like we know who all of the elves are that have their rings. We know who most of the dwarves are. The kings of men are just kind of the kings of men. Oh, so there's a question. What do you think the dwarves have? Do you think it's simple and it's just the Arkenstone? It's it's either that or it's uh them or it's whatever they need uh to get uh the ring going. Right. We don't we don't know though. It's interesting. Yeah. So it's certainly there. Well, it's it's late. Yeah. So um, I will I will say before letting you plugify your stuff that uh, hopefully we'll be doing another one of these soon, and uh-huh. we'll probably have more of this show to talk about, and yep. we'll probably have um, seen or known what they are. Um, the monsters, Rob Zombie's uh, fever dream taking place in a 
um, Spirit Halloween um, Wednesday, which could be good, could be who knows, Hocus Pocus 2, and yeah. more Lord of the Rings. So, Bob, thank you again, and, and tell the people where they can find you if they don't already know by coming here. You can find my stuff on the Movie Bob YouTube channel and uh, follow me on the underscore Movie Bob on uh, Twitter. I'm also a uh, uh, one of the uh, co-writers uh, on uh, the Film Theory uh, channel. And uh, my main YouTube channel, again, is Movie Bob uh, and uh, the underscore Movie Bob on uh, social media. So check that out. MovieBobCentral.com uh, is the uh, blog channel. And uh, Movie Bob 1 is the Patreon. Please uh, sign up there and uh, help keep my independent work going because that is uh that is always important excellent well bob it's been awesome getting to catch up with you in in this format um and uh thank you all for listening and coming along on a tangent with us and we'll talk to you again soon bye indeed bye bye bye